Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. Today we have a special guest preaching. Her name is... Oh, am I missing something? Okay. Uh, Mrs. Jana Kent. Give her a round of applause. She comes up. I've known Jana a long time, and one thing I will tell you is if I was you, I would pay attention because even though she seems like a really nice, sweet person, she's also very stern and she will, she'll pay attention, so no falling asleep or she'll call you out. She's Dutch, and so that makes her a little bit scary. Just kidding, Jana's not that scary. Well, I feel a little bit scared right now. Okay, take it away, Jana. Is this on? Okay. Hello, yes, I am Jana, and I am not scary. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I am, I don't know. All right, well, uh, today we get to continue with the series, Tell It, which is about the seven key prophetic words God spoke through someone in connection to the birth of his son. And last week, Pastor Trav uh, talked about salvation and redemption, and that was excellent. I really enjoyed it. But today, I get to talk about blessed and favor. Uh, And these two words are actually quite amazing once you get into researching them. So I'm just going to pray over the word right now. Lord, I just pray that your presence would fall in this place, that your words and your voice would be heard today, that we would understand even more the depth of your love for us because you sent your son. Amen. All right, so blessed. This word was given to Mary through Elizabeth in Luke 1, verse 39 to 45. So after Mary was told that she had been, she's going to be the one giving birth to Jesus, the angel Gabriel told her about Elizabeth's pregnancy. Um, and Mary became very excited about this. And so she goes to see Elizabeth right away. Uh, so in Luke 1, verse 41, it says, At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it's likely that Elizabeth's child was also filled with the Spirit um, that moment, because in Luke 1, verse 15, the angel Gabriel told Zacharias that his son would be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. And when I was reading this, Uh, It actually reminded me of when we baptized Bennett just a few weeks ago, and he was saying, Mom, remember when Jesus was in your tummy with me? And it just is like, it's cool. Like, you know, things that happened 2,000 years ago, you read it in the Bible, and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. I wish those things would happen. They do happen now. In Jeremiah 1, verse 5, it says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And he is with us. He's with us even, even before we see these, this world. So Elizabeth experiences this temporary filling of the Holy Spirit that inspires her to speak words from God. She immediately says to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of the Lord should visit me? When I heard this, your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. We see the word blessed used three times in this short prophetic word. And so when things are repeated, we need to pay attention to them. Um, I think we actually read over blessed 
really quickly. We don't really pay attention to it because we actually use it a lot these days. For example, we say, I've been so blessed when we think good things are happening to us. Or we tend to pray blessings over everything, like bless the people, bless this place, bless our food. Down in the south, if someone says, oh, bless your heart, it can either mean a person uh, is genuine, has genuine sympathy for you, or they think you're a little bit clueless. So, If you sneeze, although that's very frowned upon right now, we say bless you. And actually, the history of that is um, if you sneezed, they believed in the, uh, it was an early sign um, in the Roman time, in the Roman plague of 590, that um, it was an early sign of you getting this plague. So they would say, God bless you to protect you from death. So, you know, kind of understand them right now with COVID. <laughs> um, it also was thought that if you sneezed, your soul might leave your body and Satan might be able to snatch it up. So if you say, God bless you, then your soul will be safe. So that sounds solid either way. <laughs> but we're very used to the word blessed. It just kind of rolls off our tongue. Um, a use, Elizabeth uses this word blessed by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In that moment, she becomes aware of Mary's condition, and her immediate response is, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. And you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Now, in our Bibles, we can't tell that Elizabeth is using two different um, Greek words here. They're both translated as blessed, but um, this tells us there's, there's actually two kinds of blessings in that one prophetic word. So looking back at the original Greek, Elizabeth uses the word eulogao, and she uses it twice in the first sentence. And this means, uh, oh, so she says, God has blessed eulogao, you above all women, and your child is blessed, eulogao. Uh, this is where we get the English word eulogy, when somebody is saying something really nice about you or about somebody who's passed away. So this blessed, eulogal, involves speaking, but it's actually much stronger and much more powerful than that. It describes the power of the spoken blessing, a holy act of declaring good and wonderful things over someone, fully believing that good things will come to pass. We know that God created the world with his spoken word. The blessing that Isaac spoke over his son Jacob instead of Esau was irrevocable, and in those days, your word was binding. It was a contract. So even though Esau was entitled to get the blessing, because Isaac spoke it over Jacob, it was legally Jacob's. In James 3, this blessed, Yulaga, is used when he talks about controlling your tongue. In verse 9 and 10, it says, sometimes it blesses our Lord and Father, Sometimes it curses those who have been made in his image. And so blessings and curses come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, our brothers and sisters, this is not right. So be careful what you say because of the power of your words. To speak a curse on someone is to call for a supernaturally bad thing to happen to them. To speak a blessing over someone is to call for supernaturally good things for them. So when it's God speaking blessings over you, 
you are very blessed indeed. And we see this in Acts 3, verse 25. It says, For God said to Abraham, Through your descendants, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That word all includes all of us. And this blessed, it's actually en eulogau. And that en before the eulogau, it actually uh, intensifies it. In Strong's um, concordance there, it says it intensifies that blessing. And God included the birth of Jesus in this blessing. Mary even says this in her song of praise after she talks to Elizabeth in Luke 1, verse 55. She says, For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. We have been truly blessed because Jesus was born for our sins. And this is what Elizabeth, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is declaring. She's revealing that God declared wonderful things over Mary and over the baby Jesus. So Christmas, the birth of Jesus, is surrounded by blessings for Mary, for Jesus, and for us. That third blessing, in Elizabeth's prophetic word, is makarios, which means happily, happy, and it actually means deeply, profoundly happy. Mary, you are blessed, deeply, profoundly happy, because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Uh, and this blessed is also the one that you see, or that Jesus uses on his, in his Sermon on the Mount, that we call the Beatitudes. Makarios, or blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they are satisfied. Blessed, or makarios, are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Now, happiness is an emotion. The word makarios speaks to our emotional well-being. This tells us that God cares about every part of who we are, even our emotions. Jesus didn't come to save only to save us and to give us an abundant life, but he wants you to be happy. At Christmas, remember that he came so that you would be blessed, makarios, so you'd be deeply and profoundly happy because you know that the Lord did what he said he was going to do and he will continue to do what he says he's going to do. The next word is favor. So in Luke 1, verse 26 to 38, we are going to read about Mary getting told that she's going to be uh, giving birth to baby Jesus. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but in 26 it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, she tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And it goes on from there. But So the angel calls Mary favored twice in these verses. And again, because it's repeated, we want to pay attention to that. When I think of favor, uh, I think of something that stands out from the rest or that it's preferred. And we tend to think that favor is always a really good thing. But moms, as we know, 
if your kids favor you. Sometimes it's because they want a hug, or they want food, or they need to go to the bathroom, or they need to complain about basically anything. Um, or they wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning because they're sick, or because maybe they have a question like, how many toes does a turtle have? Um, yeah, they favor you. Um, basically anything for general life, kids will favor you. Now if they want to have fun, they favor dad. Sometimes we think of favor as our favorite. We all have a favorite food. We have a favorite place in our house. We have a favorite child. I mean, no. Actually, my husband, who was the fire starter in the video, um, likes to joke around with our kids when they're coming to say goodnight to us. And uh, they are old enough to come say goodnight to us, mostly because I only want to see their rooms once because the Lord says, don't go to bed angry. So I don't want to see that mess more than once. Um, I love my kids, though. Um, so when they come to say goodnight, if they're coming to say goodnight to him first, he says, say goodnight to the parent first who, who, you, uh, who is your favorite parent. But if they're coming to me first, then he says, the parent you say goodnight to second is your favorite parent. My kids are very used to my husband uh, in, their way, in his ways, so they just roll their eyes. And they know who the favorite parent is. So who does God favor? When we think about Mary, or Noah, or Abraham, or Jacob, Daniel, Ruth, Esther, all of them were told, you have found favor with God. And we think, they must have been pretty special. They must have been pretty pure. They must have done something to really deserve it. And they're just better than us. They're in the Bible. Um, but there's actually a lot more packed into that word, favor. The Greek word for this, favor, is the word uh, charis. Now, I, I looked this up and they said it's pronounced charis, but we usually say charis, so I'm going to say charis. So charis ap appears over 150 times in the New Testament. Six times it's translated as favor. The other times it's translated as grace. And deeply rooted in this word is the concept of a gift. Charis is actually found in the Greek culture. And in Paul's time, when you use this word charis, it was actually a, word, a way for people to understand the gospel. It was thought of as a, a patronage system, or a patronage. Depends on which Jane Austen video movie you watch, right? Christine, you know. The Lady Catherine de Bourgh. So how it worked, there was a wealthy Greek person, and then there's a, who is called a patron, and then there's a poor person, the client. And at times, the wealthy person would desire to give gifts to the poor. And this would, could be a lifetime, and it would kind of be like a contract. So the person and the poor person would never have to pay, repay a cent back to the wealthy person. So they, when they would show a little bit of honor and respect for the wealthy person, obviously. So the wealthy person would actually hire a, a middle person, somebody of good reputation, honest, trustworthy, and this person was called the broker. 
So the broker would go out and find a person or a family who had um, a true and desperate need. So then he would ask them, what's your needs? And he would take that back to the um, patron and he would fully secure the favor of the patron for the client. The patron, after you know, choosing, okay, this is the person, they would, uh, he would provide for the client. The, sometimes the broker would use his resources as well. Um, so the Greeks understood the magnitude of this word charis. It was basically like winning the lottery. Can you imagine somebody coming up to you and say, I have this uh, person who wants to take care of all of your needs. What are your needs? Well, I have a mortgage, I have extra debt. I'd like to fix up, uh, fix up my house. I wouldn't mind a new vehicle. I have some landscape that needs to be done. My, my kids need to go to college, you know, and medicals, whatever you can think of. And they say, okay, it's taken care of. And just so you know, you have an unending flow of money available to you as well. Oh, and you never have to repay this back. It's free. Are you in? Yes or no? Or do you believe that this is gonna happen for you? I think we all know that that would be such a freedom, a feeling of freedom. This is what Jesus did for us and our sins. This is charis. This is grace. This is favor. Jesus is the broker. He secured the favor of God for us by his death on the cross. We are able to live debt-free, free of sin and shame. That's so heavy. And it's free. So the angel of Gabriel was saying, Mary, you found favor with God. He was saying, you found grace with God. Mary, you have found the unmerited, undeserved, unearned kindness of God, and he has a plan for your life. She wasn't anybody particularly special. She didn't do anything spectacular to be chosen by God, but she trusted what the angel said. She believed and had faith. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Now, God's favor doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. Mary had to endure being an unwed mother. She had to ride on a donkey for four to five days while being nine months pregnant. She had to give birth in a barn. This barn was not a barn that you would want to have a wedding reception in. Dirt floors, no electricity, probably wasn't cleaned before, probably animals in it. She had to flee with a baby because a king was trying to kill her child. She lost her husband, and she had to watch her 30-year-old son die a horrible death on the cross. But she was favored. She got to raise a perfect child. Can you imagine that? She got to hold the Savior in her arms. She got to hug him and snuggle him. She got to look in his eyes. Can you imagine the love and of, in those hugs and in those eyes? She got to be remembered as the mother of Jesus. 
The story of Christmas is the story of the greatest gift ever given. And Mary found favor to literally deliver that gift to the world. The same is for you and me. We don't have to be anyone special. We don't have to do anything particularly to find favor with God. It's a free gift. We just have to have faith and belief, and he'll use you to deliver the good news. So I hope this Christmas these two words will mean something a little bit different for us this year, especially because of what we're going through. Know that he spoke blessings over you 2000, over 2,000 years ago. Know that your happiness is important to him. And know that his favor is with you. You are his favorite. I'm just going to ask. Thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week. For additional information or to partner with us, please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca.